In this episode, we have Lena, who works as an orthoptist. She shares her experience on graduating university and pursuing a master degree. She also shares her experience going to an exchange in the USA. Hopefully relatable. Hopefully not boring. You're, You're listening, listening to Relatable Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 37 of Relatable. And in this episode, we have guest Lena, who is one of my friends that I met back in uni four years ago. And she started off majoring in psychology and digital cultures. Then she went on to go to do a master's in orthoptics. And now she works in a hospital helping people, helping children with orthoptic needs. To be very honest, <laughs> very honest, I don't know what orthoptic <laughs> means. I still don't know what it means. Um, I think <laughs> it, it has, it's like something to do with the eye, pretty much. It helps people with the eye. So welcome, Lena. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so orthoptics is, um, I guess, a allied health um, group where we look at the alignment. We mainly look at the alignment of um, people's eyes. But, of course, you know, we also look at the health and, you know, there's pathology and everything involved. But it's mainly looking at whether the eyes stray and things like that. Yeah. So what, what's the difference between that and an optometrist? Is it similar? Does it overlap? Yeah, there's some overlap. Definitely there's some overlaps. Um, it's really vague in terms of like, like, you know, the differences. But I guess it's the main kind of difference would be, I guess, most optometrists, they mainly look at um, refracting. They look at the eye health as well, but um, they mainly looking at like refraction, I guess, like, uh, like, prescribing glasses more so um whereas we probably more look at the like you know whether uh, it's a non-surgical way of trying to straighten people's eyes wow and what's what's the most common way to do that is it just injecting some solution into your eye is it doing laser surgery no no. um it would be exercises like eye exercises oh i was i was told i have astigmatism is there any uh, way I yeah. can fix that? Um, uh, glasses usually would. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't glasses been wearing my glasses. Lens. Yeah, glasses, I, I look at. Yeah, yeah, I look at my screen quite a lot. Like I handle, you know, my laptop, and I'll be carrying my mobile phone a lot, and I, um, I hold it close to my eye. Does that definitely would make it worse? Hey, and I don't, I don't wear my glasses either. I don't think I've worn them in like a year or so. Uh, yeah. um, there's been some mixed literature reviews on that um, yeah. I think the main one they're saying is um, a close-up uh, extreme close-up work doesn't necessarily damage your eyes but it's mainly the fact that you don't go out and get enough sunlight oh okay so, what, yeah. what does the yeah. sun do for your eyes well I think they're still trying to figure that out oh. <laughs> um, but the I think it's just there's some part of having the sun looking outside obviously with uh the right protective wear but going outside in the sunlight for I think about I think it was 13 hours a week um kind of has this protective factor for your eyes we're not too sure what exactly it is in the sun but okay that's interesting yeah surely something there yeah yeah, that's very interesting because I'm I'm really blind. Um, I think I'm like negative four, negative five, and and like it, 
I do look at the screen a lot. And I think as a kid, I looked at the screen a lot while like lying down um, before bedtime. And mm-hmm. my parents both wear glasses. But sometimes I look at people who um, have perfect genetics, in quotation mark, and they probably look at the screen more than me and nothing happens to them. Like, <laughs> Ira, you were mentioning like, pe- like you're looking at your um, phone like close up. Like these people mm-hmm. look at it like 24-7 and they're still perfect vision. So it has a lot to do with genetics, right? I'm assuming. I think I think that genetics always has a part in a lot of things, but I think they were saying that in in this particular study, um, they were looking at those who had both parents, but this is a bit different to astigmatism. They looked at parents who both had myopia, which is um like can't see things far away, and their kids usually like you know what would happen and they did a couple of different study groups and everything and they found that if you do go out in the sun more than like I think it was 15 hours 13 to 15 hours a week they're less likely to become myopia myopic wow that's very interesting it was like pretty interesting Mm -hmm. yeah but I guess it's one of those things where it's kind of like lifestyle it's a bit difficult to kind of like start like, you know, all of a sudden, it's like if you always just are an indoors person, how do you then just make yourself an outdoor person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's more of a lifestyle and a couple of things come in play. Yeah. What do you think about all the children nowadays who who are on iPads? Because previously in schools, we look at a textbook and we go outside and play. And I'm assuming now kids, they literally have iPhones at age six and like an iPad at age five. Do you think that affects their eyes? I'm not too sure. I'm not too oh, much okay. of an expert in this. I yeah. just graduated like blind. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, I'm asking all these um, crazy questions. All right. Um, how about we um wind it back uh, a bit more? Um, how did you start off as a working in the orthoptic field? Was it something that you always wanted to do, or was it something that you found out um later in life? Uh, I guess maybe first started when I was just applying for uni jobs like uni what where to go I wasn't sure where I was going and then I saw the like master of orthoptics back in 2013 but it wasn't like it didn't grab me or anything so I decided to do like um something else I did decided to do a bachelor of science and arts and majored in other things and then when I came to the end of my degree I was like oh I finished at a really weird time of kind of like halfway through the semester and so not many not too many grad jobs were opening and I was like well where do I want to go from here and then I was like oh maybe I'll give the orthoptic open night a go so I went to the orthoptic overnight and then, yep, they've convinced me. So I decided to head on and try it out. Yeah. And there's there's no regrets, right? Like once you took on the course, you liked what you're doing, you saw a future in it and now you're actually in the actual industry. Yeah, I guess. I mean, while I was doing the degree um, with my many, many assignments, I did question myself many, many times whether I wanted to do this or not. But I think everyone kind of goes through that <laughs> during yeah. doing their assignments. But, yeah, um, it was quite worth it. Definitely. Yeah, that's crazy. Because um, I also did a bachelor degree and then you did a bachelor degree and then you went to a master's degree. So as a person who didn't do a master's degree, 
what is that like and and is it more stress or is it less stress because you're kind of used to it as a person who didn't do a master's degree or did yeah. do it as someone who did do it oh okay um i think it's roughly about the same wow and it, was your master's like one year or two years it was a two-year course um yeah. I guess you get become really close to the cohort because my masters were was about a cohort of fifty people, so it almost felt like being back in high school. Wow, was that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. It was interest. It was nice because you get to be, you know, you get to see the same few people every day. And whereas at uni, you kind of, you know, only saw friends once or twice a week and everyone had different schedulings everyone was doing different majors they chose that at different times whereas for the master's course everyone does the same subjects at the same time and you had to do it in the same order yeah um and mine was more coursework so yeah it was really nice to just have I guess a routine yeah that's amazing because I remember like you mentioned undergrad like people didn't take it seriously and there was just people all over the place and the schedule was never aligned. So would you say like people who do master's degree, they're more invested in their course and they take it more seriously? Yeah, definitely. Like, cause I think you have to choose to do the masters and usually people who do the masters, they've already either, they would have done an undergrad or something. So yeah. it would have been something that they found interested in, in yeah. order, you know, to pursue further education. Yeah, and they would have had to get a specific um, grade to get into the masters as well, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, was there anyone that hated it? Like, like, like their parents forced them to do a master, and they they're just there and they just hate it, but they're just doing it, like a really bad attitude. Uh, I wouldn't say that, but there's a lot of people who didn't like. They did decide to drop out. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I think they after they do a few courses, they realize it's not for them. There's still there's that. Yeah, that's awesome. So when, when I did a undergrad degree and I graduated, it was pretty scary because I was working, um, I was working just jobs that just to support my uni life. And then, oh. you know, like after the graduation experience, it's always like, crap, what am I meant to do now? I have to find a job. It's so hard to find a job. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Was that the same as doing a master or do you think it's easier to get a job because oh, you're no. more specified? No, 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 definitely. It was equally, it's kind of, it's kind of like, like you have, you're more specific, which means that you can only apply for a certain amount of jobs. Now, you probably only have five jobs out there, but there's 50 people needing to apply. So yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, even though it's more specific in terms of what you're looking at, you, it becomes like, well, who's going to get the job? <laughs> Whereas I guess after after undergrad it was what am I going to do like there's so many paths where should I go this is a bit different in terms of there's only three jobs out there but there's like you know 50 of us like who's going to get it and what's the rest going to do <laughs> yeah so you've definitely felt that um struggle where you're just like oh crap you know what if I don't get a job I just spent two years doing a master's degree what if this is not what I want all that stuff yeah definitely oh, wow. I think you never can escape that <laughs> yeah how did you overcome it did you just I applied for a lot of jobs and you just found the job that you're working at now? Or? Yeah, I applied for a couple. Um, and then this was the job that I really, really wanted to get into. So, you know, I obviously I took a little bit more time in preparing everything. And yeah, and then I went through the interview and I got hired. So it was like really good. That's crazy. And you've been working, you've been working, so you work in a hospital 
helping as an allied health professional helping yeah. people with eye problems for how long oh uh, not very long so i graduated last year i've only started in january so yeah. it's probably about seven half a year yeah and how, how did you find that was it good was it interesting yeah definitely i think it's um it's very different like learning everything in theory and then coming out to practice everything um i think a lot of the times it's like you learn something in the books and then real life real world it's just not quite the same like something's just a little bit different or don't know you know there's many different wonderful things out there um and i think one of the biggest thing that happened during my graduate year is that we had covid yeah so it really put like it's a really different learning experience um as all my seniors have told me they're like oh usually you know we had to uh reduce clinic size and do a lot of things that were that we didn't really have to think about before so yeah yeah it's more competitive now because of the COVID or or actually because you work in a hospital would it be more like there's more opportunities to work there now because there's higher demand not really a oh I don't know it's a bit hard to say yeah and and how has coronavirus impacted you over the past months uh not too much i'd say um i mean i eat out a lot less yeah i don't see my friends as but i still see my friends like you know we would always um either facetime or do like a zoom zoom meeting so that's a big one um i don't think unlike people in i guess other departments where they get the opportunity to work from home because a lot of my work is face-to-face contact um and looking at someone's vision, you can't really do it via telehealth. So it's pretty much been the same in terms of I still go to work every day. I still see clients, patients every day. Wow. So I still see my team. I go home. That's pretty much what I would have been doing. Yeah. If I didn't have. Yeah. Because um, in my experience, and um, you can share your experience as well, Ira, is there was this time in coronavirus where literally it was super panic where everyone did have to work from home and you were strongly advised not to work in your actual job unless you're doing um, health-related work. Like, oh, what's what's that word? Like, even if you work in a supermarket? Yeah, essential care worker. So yeah. you were like an yeah. essential care worker, um, Lena. So that's very yeah. interesting. And were you like really, really paranoid or anything like during those times? Uh, not, not really. Like... I think during those times, we obviously had to wear the, um, you know, protective, personal protective wear, like yeah. equipment, so mask and, you know, sanitize our hands and everything. I think during those times as well, because we've limited on who's coming in, who's coming out, the hospital also had policies screening people before coming in, you know, so it did feel like a very safe environment to work in. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, and of course, with any symptoms, you know, you have to get tested. So, you have to get tested whenever there's symptoms. So, you know, it's been, yeah. Yeah, it's gone better now, right? Yeah, it's definitely gone better now. I think we're seeing a few more patients now, and we're we're still doing all the guidelines. I think people just know what to do now, whereas before it's like, you know, oh, trying to limit to one 
person to visit or something like that, they're like they don't understand it because they've never had such restrictions before. Like yeah. introducing restrictions, I think, was a really difficult part, and just getting the general public to kind of be on board or everyone to be on board with it. I think that was really difficult in the beginning, but I think now yeah. it's like a lot better. Yeah, I agree. It's it almost seems like it's not even happening, or it's just yeah. it is happening, but we're so used to it that it's just whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because today at the at the shopping center, it's just like at one point, like the shopping center was full empty, and now it's just like people are there, and just like oh, cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think yeah, because back then the shops would be closing unless it was like you know Woolies or Coles. Everything else was pretty much shut. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Like yeah, the times yeah, that we hopefully do. we don't have a second wave. That's I think the thing we worry about most. Yeah, and um, just on this, I know you have two dogs. So how was it? How was it during that coronavirus period when you had two dogs? Was it hard to walk them out? Was it? Was it? Was there anything else that you noticed being a specific pet owner? Um, not really for in my case, but I guess my parents um had to stay at home because we had to close down our clothing shop. Um, and so then that means there was constantly someone at home um being with the dog so I think Aww. that helped them out a little bit because they're yeah. not kind of alone for eight hours before someone comes home so there's always someone at home whether it's just like you know presents or doing gardening in the backyard they can like you know just chill be at home I did find however that my walks because you know we still allowed to go outside for walks um my walks has been really jam-packed because I have a local park where I used to go and take my dogs for a little stroll and run around um but the park usually very empty no one ever there there was a period of time where there was just so many people there and I was like where did all these people come from like you were never here I'm a regular here and you're never here at this time everyone's out of the park yeah that's kind of counterintuitive with the social <laughs> yeah. distancing law yeah that's that's pretty funny what about the what about I heard about if a lot of people work from home and they take more care of their dogs, what happens when everything goes back and then all of a sudden the dog has all, has all this love and affection and the next minute you have to go to work and then, like, wouldn't the dog, like, wasn't that kind of cruel? What, what's your stance on that? Yeah, I guess um, definitely. I think there's, a like, dogs getting higher social anxiety. But yeah. I think in my case, because um, we've decided to fully close the shops, for, in my case, like, it's not as relevant because we're not having to go back to something that we previously had like it just permanently shut down now so I guess one way or another but of course we're trying to think of other things to do but it's mainly just working from home now yeah um yeah it's a bit sad to be those doggies because they're so used to getting three or four walks a day and then now they're going to be like getting only one <laughs> that sucks that sucks and it, like walks walks are really important for dogs eh? yeah definitely Damn. Their exercise yeah we talk about like mental health for um people during this coronavirus pandemic but um perhaps we should pay more attention to pets yes <laughs> yeah. or what do you think about pet, like random thought that came in my head during the coronavirus, how everyone was indoor, everyone just started, like, buying pets and adopting pets. And really? then all of a sudden... Yeah, I think so, yeah. Which makes sense, right? Because they're just bored and then they just want something to do. So they buy a pet and then all of a sudden they can't take the responsibility or everything goes back to normal and then, you know, where's the pet go? Hmm, I didn't really 
know anything about that. I didn't know because I know a lot of people took up like indoor hobbies, but I didn't think pet was one of the things because pet requires a lot of, um, you know, financial thing, uh, money to care for. So yeah, 100%. yeah, I didn't think I didn't think um, people were going out to buy pets. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did, and it makes sense oh, that okay. they did. Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, cool. And um, switching subjects a bit, just before you did the master in orthoptics, you were doing a uni course with me uh, in digital culture, and you also majored in psychology, and you also majored in music. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Wow, that's that's very interesting. What what drew you into like music and psychology? Oh, I've always wanted to do music and psychology. It's digital cultures that kind of found its way in. I was doing a major in maths at first, but then it got too complicated and I decided I wanted to do a switch. And so um, instead of majoring in maths, I decided to major. I found that one course, I did, uh, I forgot what course it was, but I did one course and I really, really enjoyed it. And so... I decided to do that. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Because I also did like two two undergrad courses in psychology and it, it was pretty interesting. And there's a lot of memes, you know, going on that when you graduate as a psychologist, as in psychology, um, there's like no jobs. <laughs> have <laughs> yeah. you heard about that? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. That's um that's kind of sad. Anyways, um, what about your exchange experience? What what was that like? Because the only reason I went to exchange in Canada was because of you, because you came back. And then you told me to go to exchange. And then what what advice would you tell someone um, who's thinking about going exchange or who who wants to travel but doesn't really know how? Like, what would you say to them? Uh, I think exchange is a definitely a good way to start. Um, Ira, have you been on exchange before? No, I actually. So I never actually pursued higher education after year twelve. So yeah. I didn't have that opportunity to do exchange. And also because I pretty much provide for myself, I'd never have, I've never had like the funds to be able to travel or anything like that. So I've pretty much been to Melbourne <laughs> and then there was somebody, something else like off the coast from Sydney, but that's, that's as far as I've been or in Canberra, if that counts. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that does count. <laughs> sort, sort, yeah. Of counts. <laughs> sort of, yeah. Yeah. Um... I'd say exchange is, uh, I don't know, it's definitely really, it's definitely should try, whether it's a short one or a long one, doesn't really matter. Um, uh, sorry, Derek, I totally forgot the question you asked <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to like get, what, what do you, what would you give advice wise to people who think about going exchange or wanting to travel? In a way, because we both done exchange. Like for me personally, I'll be like, you should definitely go on exchange if you're a uni student and if you like the idea of traveling abroad and if you're ready for it, then definitely go do it. But there's sometimes people force people to go on exchange when they're not actually ready for it. So if you mm. really, if you're really not gonna go out there and like put yourself out there or you're just doing it because your parents forced you, then it's a different experience in my opinion. But in general, I think everyone should try it. Mm, definitely I don't know about the traveling part because I feel like it you can learn so much going on exchange even if you don't want to go traveling additionally I guess um I personally feel that going on exchange it kind of gives a little bit like 
I guess a little bit of independence. But yeah. um, you get to go somewhere where it's a little bit foreign to you and you get to kind of reestablish and refine yourself in a way. Yeah. Um, you don't really have anyone to rely on. Like here, you either have your friends to rely on, your parents, um, you know, you can talk to your teachers. You know, there's a lot, a big network that you probably established for like the last 18, 19, 20 25, 30 years, well, maybe not 30, but, um, you know, 20, 20 odd so years. And going on exchange, you're pretty much, unless if you can count, you can go with like, you know, a couple of friends from school or otherwise when you go away on exchange, it's kind of like you don't, you really just have yourself. Like yeah. everything, every decision you kind of make, it's really, you know, your own kind of decision. So I guess it's a pretty good, like, test of independence. I guess finding out what you like, what you don't like without the influences of your friends, without peer pressure, I guess. So, yeah, everything. That's why I think, yeah, exchange is pretty cool. Yeah. Which part of America did you go to? I went to, like, Indiana. Oh, Indiana. What's that like? It's kind of like the middle of nowhere. Um, I have to say it. I feel like maybe it's a bit like Canberra. <laughs> so oh it's pretty much like a university-based um, town or like city. Oh, so it's more like a town. Yeah, a little bit. So the yeah. so obviously the place that I went to was Purdue University. Now mm. that university is in West Lafayette. There's honestly not much else to do there besides you go to uni, you meet up with friends, you know, go to the pub, club, go to the pub, and that's pretty much it. Like, yeah. there's no, like, amusement park nearby. There's nothing big nearby. Like, you can go – you can drive an hour or two hours out. You can drive, I think, three hours out to Chicago, um, and there's a few more things there. But as an exchange student, you don't have really a car, so mm-hmm. it's not like you can really do much. So did you have any, any experiences, like, uh, joining a sorority or anything like that? No, I didn't. I think I think when I went, when I went, I don't think they were open to joining sororities. I think you okay, need to be yes. at the, I think it needs to be the beginning of the year. But when I went, it was their tail end of the year because they're oh, okay, of, yeah. a little bit yeah. reverse. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I didn't get to join any, um, but it would have been an experience. Yeah. Were you Were you there for spring break? No, uh, yes, I was. I went out to New York for spring break. Ooh. And so that was fun. Like a, a couple of exchange, I met a couple of exchange friends. Um, and then we decided, you know what, let's, let's go traveling together. And I was like, okay, well, everyone has this common break for a week. It's like, well, I'm not just going to stay in, in, yeah, in the middle of nowhere. You're not going to stay in the middle of nowhere for a week. Everyone's going back home. And I was like, well, you know what, let's, let's go to New York. Let's check it out. Let's check out what wow. it's about. So, yeah, that's when we went, you know, we had each other. We checked out all these different places, museums, like sites, Statue of Liberty. Yeah. 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 Fun. Everyone's from a lot of different states there. I think traveling for them, like traveling to go to another university, traveling for work is quite normal for them. Whereas I find in Australia, if you're going traveling for work, you, you, like there's less of that. I think a lot of the times, or maybe it's 
like, you know, where, like, you know, my background, but a lot of the times I find people generally don't really move too far for universities. Like it's still within Sydney. Like you normally won't be like, okay, I'm going to go to Perth university. You know, you normally yeah. kind of just yeah. stay somewhere at, you know, UNSW, UCIN or you like Western Sydney or somewhere, wherever you decide to go, it's usually within kind of the state. Whereas over there, a lot of the times people travel across the borders or like up and down everywhere just to go to a specific university or another university that's not close to their home. So boarding is quite normal. Oh, I guess that's okay. probably the biggest thing that I was a bit like, oh, okay, I wasn't expecting that. Whereas here, boarding is really just for, like, really rural people or, like, international students. Yeah, that makes sense. What what type of uni were you talking about? I'm imagining, like, fashion or design. Is that what people in New York usually study? Or real oh, estate? Well, I'm not too sure. I didn't oh, go okay. New York to study. But in Indiana, for Purdue University, it's known for its engineering faculty. Oh, okay. Because um, I guess it's in a uh, Neil Armstrong is an alumni alumni there, and so they, you know, and aerospace engineering is very big there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So a lot of people who want to do and I guess aerospace engineering or engineering, they do tend to go to Purdue University. Yeah. And why did you even pick USA in the first place, or this this university specific? Was it like your first choice, or was it something you always wanted to go? No, definitely not. Well, I wanted to, I know I wanted to do an exchange. I only applied for exchange in my late round offer. And I, by that time, I wasn't even sure whether I wanted to do exchange. Um, I remember it was, I had a, I think it was a 2000 word essay due for one of my subjects and I was studying a very last minute. And I think it's just like one of those things where it's like when you're procrastinating, you're just like, I don't want to, why am I doing my assignment? I don't want to do this. And I received an email saying, are you thinking about exchange? <laughs> or, and, then it's like, and so I was like, you know what? I think exchange might be good. I don't really want to do this essay. Maybe I'll just apply for exchange. I put my expression of interest through. And then obviously I had to crack down and did my assignment, finally did the assignment. It was all fine. Um, and then a few weeks later, I received a reply saying, okay, well, start filling out this application and we'll be on your way. Yeah. And you didn't lose interest like between those two weeks? No, I think between those two weeks, I did kind of lose interest because I was like, yeah. oh, sorry. Yeah. So backtracking, that was when I first applied. And then two weeks later, it was like, oh, okay, um, you know, it, holidays now. And then I was like, oh, do I really want to go on exchange? No, yeah. if I really wanted to travel, I'll just go travel. So I left it. I just ignored it. Semester two came around and then I think it was the first hit of assessment task. And that's when um, they said, hey, look, um, we're opening up late round offers for exchange. Do you want to apply? If you want to apply, hit now. And I was like, I've got all these exams coming up. Why not just get away from it all? Yeah. And that's when I applied and I got accepted got accepted that's so interesting yeah. i didn't know that you never told me that i don't know oh, right sorry yeah it's like you literally went on exchange because you saw an advertisement or you saw an email that's yeah the right time wow that's crazy because i'm again like i mentioned i'm a, i only went to exchange probably because of you you heavily influenced me and yeah. um and i remember when i did the exchange the application took forever 
So you could be really excited on the first day when you apply. You're like, yes, I'm going here. And then like slowly towards like four weeks when you're still applying, you're just like, oh, crap. You have a lot of doubts. You're like, oh, am I really doing this? Oh, man, this is a big choice and everything. So it's a lot of commitment. And then yeah, yeah it's a lot of paperwork. Like when Definitely. I think the biggest thing people don't realize is even when you're just traveling in general, like to a new country, not even exchange, you, there's a lot of um, logistics that you have to work out, like where you're going to live, how much money you're going to spend, uh, all the paperwork, all the visa, like matching your courses in uni, all that stuff. And mm. you, you definitely lose interest um, even just looking at those paperwork. I 100% agree with you there. But, but it was definitely rewarding. And, and like you mentioned, when you came back and tried to convince me, you're like, whoa, I did this, this and this. And it was just, it was really cool. And I also had another friend who also went to exchange to Spain and he was telling me similar stuff that you told me. And I, I, the one that I really liked was when you go on exchange and you come back, you like really high on emotions and you accomplished a lot. And then once you go back, you're just, you you, you slowly get dragged, dragged back to the old life because when you're in exchange, you're, you're in a new environment, you have new people. And then when you come back, you're in the same old environment with the same old people. And you try to tell the people like, this is amazing. This is so cool. And then they, they can't really understand what it's like. And then eventually you just like stop talking and then you go back to your old job. I think <laughs> that, you had the same that is quite true. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times they're like, yeah, okay, we get it. You went on exchange. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, cool. But I guess those who do go on exchange know the same feels. I was lucky and some of my friends did go on exchange. So, you know, we could bond over that. Um, but yeah, even now, I think it's like, what, three years since exchange? Like, it's still probably one of my best trips that yeah. I've done. And I've been to a few places. That's mad. That's mad. Same. Yeah. Do you do you have any favorite um like if you had to pick one like good memory from exchange, what would it be? Oh, it's hard to pick one good a favorite, I think. Yeah. It's just the people that I've met. Yeah. Um on exchange, everyone's so nice and you know, it's just like very inclusive and it was really good just to meet new people learn about you know someone who I would never have met in my entire life like you know someone like a lot of my friends were from Hong Kong somewhere from like France you know it's just all over the world and it's just really interesting like to meet them and see how they are learn about their culture learn how they were like their their background yeah, and how different and similar they are and just, yeah, learning about that was really interesting. Yeah, that must have been very eye-opening for you. Is there anything you is there anything you kind of, I guess, took away from exchange and still apply to your life at the moment? Um, that's a bit hard to say. I think sometimes, I think it's just as Derek was saying earlier, you kind of, like, you learn everything while you're on exchange and then yeah. when you come back, there's some stuff that can stay, some stuff, some stuff needs to like just stay in kind of the past. So not too sure in terms of what kind of stayed and motivate like influence me to mm. change to even now. It's a bit difficult yeah. to answer. Yeah. I think one How about thing, you, Derek? What do you think? Yeah, I think one thing that stays with me, um, that I can think of now is you can relate to people. So say you're at uni or you're at work and there's like an exchange student or there's, there's someone that wasn't born in that, in Australia, you can kind of relate to how they feel in a way. Um, you, so you know that they came from a different country, they came here, they don't perhaps speak the language or they don't really know the culture and, and you can see it because you were also in that same experience. Like for you, Lena, you were in USA, you didn't know the culture. For me, I was in Canada, I didn't know the culture. So you can empathize with the person much more, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. Did you have any uh, anything else you want to talk about, Lena, or any questions for us? Did you have any questions, Ira, for Lena in travel let's, or anything? Let's see. Give it. You haven't traveled anywhere specifically. If, no, I've have got a question. Traveled. Question for you: Where do you want to travel? Based on like everything you've listened, everything you heard, and why? Uh, well, for me, it's not. I in my long term goals, I definitely want to move out of Australia. So. Wow. Really? You know, you know that for a yeah. fact. Yeah. Yeah, I know that for a fact. I don't want to be in Australia for the rest of my life. So that's, it's, for me, that's just me trying to come up with a sustainable way to achieve that because obviously I can't just go over there and get a job and then next minute, next minute, so sorry, <laughs> my, like, visa ends and then I have to go back home. So that's yeah. what I'm trying to figure Qu- out. Question. If question. I can, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, um, why? Like, why? Why? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like maybe it's because I'm so used to Sydney and I couldn't, I don't know, we're, I guess we're very lucky here in terms of being able to get um, jobs, our education, our healthcare, everything like that. Um, but for me, I, I, Sydney's just not it for me. It's not, and I can't imagine me anywhere else in Australia, like, because I want a really low-key life or just, just to kind of start over wow. sort of thing. Yeah, just so I'm. I don't really have any ties here in in Australia or Sydney. Like, yeah, there's my dad and my sister, but they're all they're very encouraging of that goal for That's me. Interesting. So interesting. Yeah. Do you have yeah, some, like a top five list, for example, like Tokyo, well, Japan, well, USA? Definitely or not really? somewhere. Not really USA. I definitely wouldn't go there. Um, maybe either Canada or maybe somewhere in London. Like, that would be really cool. I've fantasized a lot about that. So that's where I would want to go. But if I don't get that opportunity to move, well, I'm going to make it happen. But if I don't get that opportunity, um, I want to find a job that will allow me to kind of set up my office anywhere. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, be practically like a digital nomad, you know, if that's I can cool. find like a business that can fund that and I can you know, switch it up. Like, if I want to be in Europe one day and then Asia the next, like, why not, you know? Yes, it's something that's just not here in Australia. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know how to get advice of that because you guys just... Yeah, I'm not, qual- I'm, not qual- I'm not qualified for advice, but the first thing I think <laughs> of is just um, when, if assuming this coronavirus didn't happen, but, like, something like um, working in the aeroplane line, a- aeroplane industry, the air stewardess or whatever... And don't, stewardess. Don't they yeah. get a, don't me, they fly everywhere? Yeah, they fly everywhere, but for me, no, nah, I'm too I'm too scared. I don't want to be on a plane like all the time, you know? I oh. mean, it defeats what I just said that I want to be traveling all the time. I'll have to be on a plane, but as a job, I wouldn't do it. I feel like I don't have the knack for it. I don't feel like I have the I don't know. Wow. Yeah. It's very very ambitious. I need, I need to know that. Mm. That's, that's cool. Yeah. It's is yeah. like based on my experience of exchange and you can say your experience Lena but like it's pretty scary um going to a new country and what you just described like moving somewhere and there's no one there like say if you go to London you don't know anyone in London so Mm. how do you do you have fears about that or you're you're really excited um for me no I don't have fears because I I'm aware that with any big change like that you're always going to encounter something something that rocks you but the way I live, it's just, I'm very, I feel like I'm very independent. Like I really don't, I don't depend on my dad, don't depend on anybody. 
in that sort of sense. So I've been through things by myself. So if I'm in a completely different country, it's a it's different struggles that I'll be dealing with, but like the the end goal is worth it. That's what will keep me motivated. So I'm not that scared. Just uh, I think what helps me is like the fact that I'm not oblivious to the fact that I'll go through some things, I guess, trying to adjust in a new country and trying to find my footing, maybe find friends, find jobs, keep a job and all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm pretty motivated. Wow. That's that's really cool. Whoa. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> mad. Yeah. I think, yeah, like especially I remember like before I went to exchange, I was kind of having, having like a midlife crisis. I honestly mm-hmm. was like questioning things. And then uh, I remember one of my cousins said, you know, like a new environment is good or a new people surround yourself with either new people or a new environment but when you go when you go to exchange or you go overseas you're doing both so like mm. and like you mentioned lena you're really questioning your identity and everything so it's a cool cool thing that you're doing yeah Definitely. yeah which like industry or like what would you like to be uh doing when you get there would you like someone to like sponsor you is that what you were trying to go yeah like? i've looked I've, I've looked at sponsor sponsorships but because I want something, um, I don't know, I think I want something a little bit more permanent. So what I've always wanted to do is run my own business. And I know if, you, if you're if you going there to start a business, you, you can go over there like that, like without needing a sponsor, mm. if that makes sense. So that's an option for me. But I, like because I don't have any qualifications, nothing on paper, no higher education or anything like that, I think that's the first hurdle I'm facing here before I yeah. actually make a move, yeah. Well, so I just have of, to find something. Yeah, would you think of pursuing higher education or? Uh, for me, I just, right now in this point in time, my perspective, I just feel like I'm not ready for that because I, I was never really that great in school, if that makes sense. I feel like I can learn and if I want to, I can pick up on things easily, but the way the system was here, you know, it's just, I, I felt forced. I felt like it, I was just kind of boxed in you know, to learn specific things and not really have that uh, avenue to create or do what I really felt passionate about. So that kind of hindered me. So for now, my perspective, I just don't feel like I'll pursue it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do you have, I'm asking a lot of deep questions, but um, do you have a plan in general? Like, or do you have a deadline as well? Uh. For me, I don't have a deadline because, you know, anything can happen. Like tomorrow, knock on wood, I could get sick, you know, yeah. or get hit by a car or whatever. But the one thing that I do really want to fix is just my interpersonal um, characteristics and behaviours and the way I think and my mindset just get stronger in that and then, you know, cultivate a freaking passion on the side while I'm at it. So just... I don't know, something that people can't take away from me, you know, and have that and then work that into other things that can be physical. So starting a business or mm, freaking doing art or whatever the hell I want to do, you know? Yeah. So just trying to structure that foundation first. Yeah. I'm only 23, so it's I, I don't want to put a deadline on myself. Yeah. True, true. Anything can happen, yeah. like you said. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. That's, that's Nothing cool. goes to plan. Yeah, that's, that's that's really nice of that vision. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, nothing can happen because there's coronavirus and like, yeah, the, exactly. Coronavirus is a big thing right now. Yeah. Yeah, because weren't you planning to travel as well, Lena? And then like you, now you have to postpone it to 2020. 
No, well, I've only well, I wanted to travel to Korea at the end of the year, but I didn't have any massive cha- uh, travel plans for the next two years. Oh, okay. Wow. So okay. it didn't really affect me per se. Like, I did want to go to London to uh, work for a year, like the working visa. Um, I, but I always wanted to do that in 2022. Yeah. So and it probably will clear up. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's cool. Hopefully, so, yeah. so you're on track. That's awesome. So now, <laughs> yeah. now you, now you have two people. Well, one person that might go to London, or probably will, and then one person that went to Canada. So you can ask us any question. Yeah. Up, potentially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, good. Um, cool. I think. Um, did anyone else have anything else to say? Um, otherwise, I think we'll wrap it up. No, I think we're good. Awesome. Yeah. Well, on on that note, thank you again, Lena, for coming on to our podcast. And no sharing problem. your insights. Mm-hmm. No problem. Thank you well, for having me. No, thank you for being on. And all for all the viewers, viewers and listeners, thank you for listening and supporting Relatorboard. Uh, we will see you next episode. And in the meantime, if you had any questions, comments, or feedback, or you want to be on the podcast, be sure to reach out on our Instagram cha- Instagram page at Relatorboard. Um, until then, guys. See you later. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.